Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Grab your Bibles. Come on, let's get into the Word today. Thank you so much, Pastor Grace Worship Team. Don't you appreciate our worship team and band, the choir? These guys bless us week after week. So thankful for them. Grab your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 16 and verse 14. Desiree, we're in the New King James this morning. Mark chapter 16 and verse 14. If you're there, say glory. glory. Come on, Randy. I thought you would have said it a little bit louder there. All right. <laughs> verse 14. Come on, let's read verse 14 of chapter 16. Later he appeared to the eleven, and as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Will follow those who what? Will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to I, I talk about, uh, uh, I want to talk, well, I, I'm going to share on 131 points on the Antichrist coming. No, I'm just joking. I'm not, I'm not going to share. I want to talk about the anointing today. Somebody say, somebody say, it's not just me. I want to pray and uh, we're going to believe God for this word. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. We thank you for your word. It is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you, Lord, that it is powerful. And today I ask, Lord, that you'd open every heart, open every mind to the word of God. I pray that your spirit would be in this place. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in the Holy Ghost, go ahead. Spirit of God, we ask that you would come and you would move upon every heart, every person that's in this place, those in the parking lot, those online, those would hear this later on Spotify or watch it on our YouTube channel. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would breathe fresh life into people today. I thank you, God, for your word. <laughs> Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, that you would come and move in power today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, uh, years ago, I was... I was, uh, I was in a car with Pastor Italo Fregoli, Pastor Sharon Fregoli, Pastor Daniel Bracken, and Pastor Bruno Fregoli, and we were headed to a conference, and, uh, and one of them leaned over and said, hey, Pastor Alex, what are you going to preach on? And I said, I said, well, Jesus, and Pastor Italo goes, boring. <laughs> we all lost it. It was hilarious. And then my, my, wife, my wife last night said, so what are you going to preach on today, tomorrow? Jesus? I said, no, I'm preaching on the anointing. Somebody say, it's not just me. Come on, say it again. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not just me. I want to preach on the anointing today, sharing the word of God today. I remember ever since 2004, I have heard the stories of 1995 where God poured out his spirit in this place. 
I was even talking with someone the other day about it. And I've heard it over and over and over again. And while I am very thankful for what God did in 1995, I am believing for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God and for there to be miracle signs and wonders. I'm believing for the sick to be raised up. I'm believing for the blind to regain their sight. I'm believing for the lame to get out of their wheelchairs. I'm believing for cancer to shrivel up and die. I'm believing for a fresh move of God. I desire something fresh to take place. I'm believing for the fear of the Lord to return to the hearts of the believer. It's the beginning of all wisdom. I'm believing for honor to return to the house of God. There's a reason why I don't let my children run around the sanctuary. You see them. They're, 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 and, I, and I'm not, this is my personal thing, okay? So you let your children run it. It's all good. It's, not, it's my own personal thing. I, but you'll see my children. They're, they're playing tag. And I'm like, you know, it's after church. They're having a good time. They sat through, they sat through Sunday night's 45-minute message, okay? They want to have some fun. And, you know, and, 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 and they're, they're playing tag. I said, well, you can go in the gymnasium. Or you can skip or walk in the sanctuary. So you see them, their, their friends running away from them, and they're like this, trying to catch up. But I'm believing for the honor to return to the house of God. It, I believe that the church is us. I believe that the church is where the kingdom of God is. But I also believe in honoring the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? If we're going to fulfill what God has called us to do, we have to have the anointing from God. Somebody say, it's not just me. We have to have the anointing from God. What is the anointing from God? That's a mysterious word. If you're fresh in church, you might not know what the anointing is. You'll probably hear just about every person that gets on the microphone. Lord, we pray for an anointing. Well, what is the anointing? It's like a mysterious word for an unbeliever or somebody that just walks in here. Well, the anointing is the empowerment from God to get the job done. The anointing is the empowerment from God to get the job done. In the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it over the head of Saul. And in verse 6, it says that he was, he said, he said, you will be filled with the Spirit of God, and you will prophesy, and you will be a new man. Somebody say, a new man. Something happens when the anointing of God comes on you. You're like Clark Kent that steps into the phone booth. Something happens. You become a new man. You become a new woman. When the anointing and the presence of God lands on you and comes on you, something new begins to take place. And it's not just you. Somebody say, it's not just me. I hope you know where I'm going today. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus was anointed. <laughs> he was fully God, yet he was fully man and had to walk in the anointing of God. He was anointed. And we see it furthermore even down onto us. 
Paul the Apostle says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, he says, Now he who is established, sorry, see, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The anointing is God's empowerment to get the job done. It's one thing to have a gifting. It's another thing to have an anointing. Let me say that again. It's one thing to have a gifting. It's another thing to have an anointing. I remember a, a, a man that I asked to, to come and, and, and do a job. We were paying him to do a job. And he was in the church. He came and he did some work on our cafe in, um, in Wasilla. Um, and I asked him to come. And he, he you know, I was just going to throw something together, you know. And, and maybe it would work out, but we decided to hire him instead. He was in our church. He was, he was very well recommended. He came and did the work. And I remember standing there and watching him. He was unusual, just very sharp and clean and amazing. And, and to the finest details, just what he did was supernatural. And I remember as he was done and I was shaking his hand, the Lord spoke to me. He is not only gifted, he is anointed to do what he, did, what he does. And I was reminded of Bezalel in the Old Testament. Let me get the, the passage here for those of you who want reference. In Exodus chapter 31, verse 3, it talks about Bezalel, who is the grandson of Hur. Hur was the guy that was standing holding Moses' arms up during the battle next to Aaron. He was the grandson of Hur, and in, in verse 3 of chapter 31 of Exodus, it says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, and in bronze. He was anointed for craftsmanship. You know what that tells me? That you don't just need an anointing to stand up here and preach. You need an anointing at the workplace as a plumber, as an accountant, as a, as a stay-at-home mom. You need an anointing. And God wants to give us an anointing. Somebody say, it's not just me. We need an anointing. We need an anointing. The anointing is not just for pastors or evangelists or full-time ministry people. It's for you. The anointing, write this down, the anointing is the wind of God's spirit blowing on the sails of human incapability. The anointing is the wind of God's spirit blowing on the sails of human incapability. The anointing of God comes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Well, how do we walk in the anointing? How do we walk in God's anointing? The first thing is, you got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't possibly have something from somebody you don't even believe in. It takes you believing on the Lord Jesus and putting your trust in him, picking up your cross and following after him. It actually requires a price to be paid. I love what Jim LaFoon says. He says, Christianity is not complicated. It's costly. 
There is a price to be paid, and first and foremost, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, believe on him. Those online, believe on him. Put your trust in Jesus. You will not regret it. The first thing is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The second is to have hands laid on you and be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4, Paul the Apostle says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power. We need the Spirit of God. We do not want to just have nice and cute words and nice little uh, uh, performances and different things that we do. We need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God. You must believe for the Spirit. How many of you guys know that... We can get filled up with the Holy Ghost, but guess what? We leak. We need to be refilled. That's why when we come in here, I take time after the worship song to press in a little bit more because if we can just step into the presence of God, something changes. Something rearranges. The burden that you came in with begins to lift. I remember what a, a girl said this last week when I called her on the phone. She says, when I was standing in the front row, when, when, my, my, when my dad was up there, I was standing in the front row. The burden just lifted. I said, yes, come and be in the house of the Lord. Believe on Jesus, and that burden will stay lifted. Something happens when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You get power. I'm a little intense today. Hallelujah. Because I'm believing God wants to do something great. I don't want to live the status quo. I don't want to just keep on coming in here and warming a pew and going out the same way. I want to leave this place filled up and ready to be used by God. Can somebody say amen? Come on, somebody smile at me. It's going to be okay. It's not just me. The third thing, how to walk in the anointing. You must refuse to live in bondage. You must refuse to be burdened by the enemy. In Acts chapter 19 and verse 18, it says, Many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, burning 50,000 pieces of silver worth of books. Today, that's four to five million dollars worth of books. What happened was the power of God came through the apostle Paul and God saved and did mighty miracles and people gave up their witchcraft and sorcery, took all their books and burned them. We must refuse to live in bondage. We must refuse to let the enemy have foothold in our life. Jesus makes it very clear. If your eye causes you to be offended, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. Now, Jesus wasn't, wasn't thinking, you know, he wasn't saying that y'all should go and literally pluck out your eye and cut off your arm. Otherwise, you'd be like, you know, one-armed pastors around here. God bless you. Arr. That's not, that's not what the apostle Paul's saying. He's saying, are you willing to get rid of something that keeps sucking you back into sin? All right. All right. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
What are we willing to do? What price are we willing to pay to walk in the anointing? I have counseled many a young man in regards to pornography. Many a young man in regards to pornography. And the number one suggestion I give them after discussing with them and coming to the bottom and the root of their issue is to get rid of their smartphone, which is really a dumb phone because it just pumps a cesspool. I'm sorry. But no, Pastor, I can't get rid of my Instagram. Really? Instagram or heaven? I didn't realize keeping up with your friends was so important. All right, I might be stepping on somebody's toes this morning. Jesus! All right, let's get back. Walking in the anointing, you must refuse to live in bondage. Be willing to pay the price to walk in the anointing of God. The next thing I want to talk about is growing in the anointing. How do we grow in the anointing? Yes, we, we receive Jesus and we, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But there is a, it's like a sharpening of a tool. It's like, I, I, remember, I remember when I was living in Alaska, I would go fishing for salmon. And sometimes the salmon, it was like, man, there was so many salmon in the river that you could just walk across their backs to the other side of the river. Okay, that's an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. It's just like every cast, you're pulling one up. And you know what happens is even if that's not the case, sometimes your, your hook will rub on the rocks and it become dull. Well, after a while, you got to sharpen that hook. So that when you get the fish, he doesn't come off. Come on, somebody. you got to continue to grow. Continue to sharpen the tools that God has given you. To grow in the anointing of God. The first way is to read the word of God. Grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Read the word. Pray the word. Walk out the word. Come on, somebody. The second thing is to spend time in prayer. To get to know Jesus. To spend time with Jesus. The Bible says that his sheep know and hear his voice. Do you know the voice of the Lord? To walk in the anointing of God. To grow in the anointing of God. We need to be close to Jesus. I love what is said in Acts 4 and verse 13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. Man, these guys just give me so, so much confidence. They were uneducated and untrained. Hallelujah. Anybody just feel uneducated and untrained sometimes? Okay, some of y'all are lying. Hallelujah. They perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. They marveled and they, now listen to this, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. This is after Jesus had already died and went to heaven. He, he, he died, rose again, and ascended on high. This is after this. And they're going and preaching the gospel. And these people said, yeah, these guys, they, uh, they, they're untrained and uneducated. But you know what? I can tell they've been with Jesus. There's something about them. There's something on them. And it's the anointing of God. We need to get with Jesus to be in prayer. You know, we have early morning prayer and you hear it all the time. And I'm going to say, you know, that's a great start. But you need to press in. Go deeper. Get close to Jesus. Spend time with your children in the presence of the Lord. Praying and seeking with your spouse in the presence of the Lord. If you're single, go on some long walks with Jesus. Get close to him. Let him grow that in you. 
Can somebody say amen? amen? Growing in the anointing, we're imitators of Christ. I love that, uh, I love that uh, you know, the more you're around somebody, you begin to act like them. You begin to talk like them. I mean, that could be a bad thing, right, if you're around a bunch of uh, uh, people that are, are, are not godly, you know, right? And, uh, uh, but, but the same is true, man. I, I find myself, you know, saying things that Dr. Morocco says. Hey, guy, you know? Okay, some of you got this, some of you didn't. All right. You know, I, 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 some of you guys saw Pastor Daniel Bracken on Wednesday night. He taught me a lot, and I learned a lot from him. And that I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of things that he does, I do. But I, that's what happens when you're with Jesus. That's what happens when you're in the presence of the Savior. That's what happens when you're around him. You get anointed and you start acting like Jesus. I remember a time where um, I, I, was, I was pretty frustrated, okay? And I'm going to tell you why I was frustrated. My son, who's now five years old, uh, I would tell him, son, go and brush your teeth. And we go, he would go, ugh. And then he'd walk off to go brush his teeth. I'm like, why is he doing that? You know? Why is he... Why can't he just, just listen and obey, kid, you know? He's, but he's like, yes, dad, Ugh. you know? Son, go, can, you, can, you bring, can you bring me that thing over there? Ugh. I'm like, why is this kid saying this? All right, and then one day I'm folding laundry with my wife. Yes, I'm folding laundry. Hallelujah, I wash the dishes. I change diapers. Hallelujah. But I remember I was folding laundry with my wife one day, and, uh, and I was like, I, I said something to my wife, and, and it was something she didn't want to do. And I said, I can't remember exactly what. I said, Shelby, can, can you blah, 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 blah? And she goes, ugh. And I go, my son's been around my wife. And there's my wife, ba-doop, ba-doop, just got run over by a bus. All right. Hallelujah. That's what happens when we're in the presence of Jesus. We start acting like him. We start talking like him. We start walking like him. We start getting the confidence. Something happens in us. We begin to believe that God can use us. He said, greater things shall you do in my name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They'll know that you've been with Jesus. We need to be bold in faith and in works. Once you get anointed... You got to start walking in faith. You got to start walking in boldness. Believe that God wants to use you, that God is anointed. Come on, those online, those out in the parking lot, God wants to use you. Walk in boldness, walk in faith, walk in the power of God. Step out of your comfort zone. You say, well, pastor, you know, I, I don't always feel led. You know, I, I, I love, I, I, you know, this is, this is, I love this. You know, in Alaska, you'd say, you'd say grab a bullet. But in here, just go to your ta nearest tackle box or go to the store and get yourself, a, you know, a small fishing weight and stick it in your pocket. And the next time you go to Win Souls, just say, you know what, Lord, I don't feel led. Just stick your hand in your pocket, grab that weight, and now you'll feel led. <laughs> I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, do it afraid. We have to walk in boldness. If we don't open our mouth, who is going to? If we don't try and get people saved, who's going to? 
All right. Matthew 9, 29. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done unto you. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Do you believe God can use you? Step out in faith. Do you believe God can heal the lame? Lay hands on them. Believe God. Well, it didn't happen the first time. Do it again. Do it again. I remember when I first got saved, my first miracle. It was hilarious. I was up in Eau, and they have these, uh, what are those, those fish? Koi fish? Koi fish, right? Koi fish? Okay. They have these koi fish. I don't think they're there anymore, but maybe they are. Maybe somebody ate them. I don't know. Hopefully not. But I remember there was hundreds of them. And I remember we went up there for a little prayer time in Bible school. And, 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 and I was like, Lord, I, just, I believe you want to do great things. And these fish are just scattered everywhere. You know, they're just scattered everywhere. They're just having a good old time eating, I guess. You know? And I was like, God, God, I, wanna, I want you to use me. Lord, anoint me. I want to see miracles. In the name of Jesus, with my eyes closed. In the name of Jesus, fish, line up. And I opened my eyes, and every one of those koi fish were swimming in a line. I kid you not. I was like, yeah! Come on, Jesus! But you know what? you got to grow in the anointing. you got to step out in faith. you got to believe God for things. It might start with the koi fish, but then it goes to the deaf ear. All right. Be bold in faith and in works. Something happens when the anointing comes on you. Somebody say, it's not just me. Yeah, you're gifted. You have giftings, but it's not just you. You need the anointing. You need the anointing. You need the anointing. I, 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 this might be a, a little practical example, I suppose. Jonathan, on camera three, help a brother out. You guys see me on the screen right there? Now listen, that camera that we purchased is a beautiful camera. It works really great. It is a great gifting, all right? But, but without Jonathan directing the camera, it's hard for me to be seen. Jonathan, I want you to follow me. Follow me, Jonathan. All right. See, this is the operation of the Lord. Now, Jonathan, take your hands off of it. Take your hands off the camera, Jonathan. Whoa, what happened? Wow, those are beautiful stairs. Hallelujah. Now Jonathan's back on me. See, what happens is, it's not just you. It's the anointing that comes upon you and God empowers you to do things that you otherwise would not be able to do. Hallelujah. The next thing is that we need to guard the anointing. We need to guard the anointing. 2 Corinthians says, take every, every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Take every thought captive. We have to guard our thoughts. When the enemy comes in like a flood and just puts fear on you, you have to take that captive. Don't just sit in your bed, sit on your seat, sit at your work desk and take the fear. Don't just take it. You stand up and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to the word of God. Maybe it's a, a, a perverse spirit. Maybe you, maybe you saw somebody and you begin to think, take those thoughts captive. Do not let them resonate. You have to guard the anointing. In Mark 7, and it said, is, is not what goes, Jesus said, it is not what goes into a man that defiles, but is what comes out. 
Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks in Luke 6.45. If you want to know the content of a man's heart, just listen to him speak for a while. If you want to know the content of a man or woman's heart, just listen to them speak for a little bit. Out of your heart flows the issues of life, and we must guard our hearts. If you're dealing with offense, solve it. Go and talk to that person. If you've done everything you can to keep the peace, then great. Then you leave it to the Lord. But if you haven't, you go and solve it. Keep your heart clean. Keep your heart pure. Don't allow the enemy. You better watch what you, you, better watch, what you watch. You better watch what you watch. The eyes are the window. Some of y'all are just pumping, pumping the septic tank into your home. It's supposed to go that way into the septic, but it's coming in your home through your cell phone, through your computer, because you're watching movies and TV shows that are not. Yes, the Bible says that things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. To walk in the anointing, you must guard the anointing. Do not allow the enemy to have foothold in your heart, in your tongue, in your thoughts. The last thing is to remain humble. Somebody say, remain humble. Amen. Somebody say, it's not just me. In James 4, 6, says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I think everybody knows that by heart, unless you've been saved recently. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I love what Dr. Morocco said. He said, pride will make you the object of praise instead of one, the one that it belongs to. I'll say that again. Pride will make you the object of praise instead of the one that it belongs to. We must honor and respect the anointing and the anointer. It is God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if, if the camera over there starts gloating? Oh, I'm such a good camera. Look how I just follow Pastor Alex. No, it's, it's, it's not. You know, it's like a hand in a glove. You know, we're the glove. God's the hand. He's anointed us. He, he comes and anoints us and allows us to do certain things. But you take away the hand. What are you? Can you imagine the glove? Whoa, look what I, look. It just doesn't work that way. You must honor and respect the anointing and the anointer. To, be, to God be all the glory. For the grace of God go I. It's the one thing as I, as I grow in the anointing of God, it says, Lord, allow me to remain humble because when God uses you, the enemy would like to come in and say, it's you. No, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's God anointing his people. Pastor Grace, would you come? In closing today, in closing today, I believe that God wants to pour out his spirit and give us a mighty harvest. I believe that he wants his people to walk in a powerful anointing. I believe that every single one of us from the front to the back, from the youngest to the oldest, back in children's ministry and junior high and senior high school, in the young adults, in the Wisdom Plus, I believe God wants to pour out his spirit afresh, not just here in the church, but in our homes, in our workplaces, in our life groups. I believe God wants to do something afresh. If only his people would hunger and thirst for righteousness, they would be filled and there would be a mighty revival come to the island of Maui. I'm believing for God to do great and mighty things, but it takes his people 
walking in the anointing, walking in the power of his spirit. He's raising up anointed men and women that are bold as a lion. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. First for the Jew and then for the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. God wants to use you. God wants to use me. It's not just you. It's not just me. God wants to use you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to bring a mighty revival and he wants people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Would you stand to your feet all across this place? I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.